0: It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight Slugfest on New York's News and Talk Station. 77 WABC.
1: Hmm. Ready to go to sleep. What kind of music is this? Is this is the weekend. This
2: is your kind of music. No.
1: No. up All right. Finally. Yeah, no, finally. this is
2: weekend. You, you you, would like.
1: Finally. We're moving. We're moving. By the way, uh, got to explain this to me. Um, Anthony Weiner. I saw it at Andrew Cuomo, Melissa DeRosa, Scott Stringer we well, such dear friends of Eric Adams. This guy is not even dead politically. They, not, they haven't even sat shiver for him, and they're all doing their own polls as to whether they could beat him or whether he's ruled out for whatever reason, how they would do with a special snap election, a non, uh, non uh, <clears throat> uh, what do you call it? A that? nonpartisan special. Nonpartisan special, or how they could do it in general election. It's not coming from anybody else. But people who would be defined as of his age group, these are not the younger socialists who obviously would be licking uh, their chops. These are people who have had relationships with this guy over the years. In fact, when Cuomo was in trouble, the only one who reached out, the only one was Eric Adams, appeared on his stage with him at a black church in bed Has had... Public uh, dinners with him in Midtown, where most others would not want to be seen with him in public. And then, all of a sudden this week, DeRosa, the chief of staff, the house guardian uh, of Cuomo. People couldn't identify this woman in a police lineup if their life depended on it. Oh, I'm interested in running. And then your long-term friend, Scott Scott. Scott Stringer, I call him the mamaluka politics, not because he's a Mameluke. He's been a politician since birth. He came from a political family. In fact, John Katzmatidis worked with him uh, to try to get Gerald Nadler elected uh, Manhattan borough president. That's how long uh, back uh, Scott Stringer goes. But they're all publicly making it very apparent that if uh, Eric Adams is wounded or for whatever reason might have to step aside... They're more than happy to jump right in. I mean,
2: man, that's uh, that's a lot well, of fair weather friends. Well, let's divide it up. Scott Stringer ran the last time against Eric Adams, so that's somewhat makes makes sense. Cuomo got a lot of support, is getting a lot of support in the black church community, so it makes sense that he would both be supportive of Adams, but also you know how thirsty he is right now. He he, you go on any microphone anywhere, talking like a politician because he wants to come back so anytimes he's like waiting by the phone for someone to say you're going to run again so he can say i'm thinking about it or, i have no plans to make plans melissa doros is selling a book you know it's the same thing when 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 my ex huma was selling a book and they asked the would you ever run for office she didn't say no either cuz you know i don't know maybe that would get her extra click or so so there's no there's no real wonder about it but but you know we've talked about it before the way the new york city charter works is if the mayor steps down, and by the way, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. The mayor's not going to be stepping. I, I mean, I don't, I don't see it. Even if there is some kind of legal thing that flares up, it's not going to happen soon. It's going to take a little while. There's then a he steps down. Then the public advocate, who most people could not pick out of a lineup, if they could, they'd say it's Shemani Williams. He becomes the the mayor for a brief cup of coffee while. And while and they they uh, 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 a election is called immediately, no one runs as a Democrat or Republican. Everyone runs on as as some other name. It's a nonpartisan thing, so it's a very quick sprint. So so far, all of the names out there are ones that I think, including yours, are ones that I would think would have an advantage in this type of thing. Now, I have gone back and forth about having more names out there or fewer names out there. If it's good or bad for you, I'm not a hundred percent sure. What? But I. But this is, look. It's fun to talk about who's going to be the next guy, who's going to be the next guy. I think Eric Adams stands for re-election, and then it becomes a much more traditional analysis. I think Scott Stringer is interesting because he ran to the left of um, of Eric Adams and was kind of the choice of the left until he had his allegations. One thing I do know, your slogan should be— the only candidate without a sexual misconduct allegation that that should be your thing that is now that is now you 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 should you know, get to name your own party when you do a nonpartisan special yes. yours should be no sexual abuse be, beefs here with me that's that's compelling. look, look uh, Cuomo has 11 he claims oh no
1: it's all manufactured it was all meant to get me yeah right 11 women most of them work directly for you. One who's a state a trooper. state trooper, sure. Uh, no, there's not, no truth to that at all. No, it's cultural. You know, he said, well, you know, how come his father? We never saw that with his father. Now, I saw many pictures with his father. There was never any of that. You know, I'm insulted. I grew up, part of my family was on the Italian-American side, my mother, Francesca, and my grandfather would say, you know, ever touch a woman? No, no, stay away. And that's old school all this crap about this is what Italians
2: do. Well, here's another thing to remember: Why do are we forgetting that Andrew Cuomo was not terribly popular when he went down? No one was crying, and there weren't protests out in the streets when he resigned. He he won his primary, I think 60-40 against the woman from uh, from Sex in the City. It wasn't and 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 a Nixon, lot. Cynthia, Cynthia Nixon. Nixon and she and he he had to like buy off the left by making up fake parties and all this other kind of stuff. He had been in for a long time, had, had broken a lot of eggs to make whatever omelets he was going to make. And now, I mean, look, if I were him, I would not be poking the bear. You know, there's a state trooper who you physically laid hands on in a sexual manner, according to her allegation. That's a state trooper. Oh, who, no, you know, but
1: according to everybody here. Oh, they're all setting up Cuomo. Cuomo's the victim. I have never heard 11 different women, most of whom work for you. All of them come together at different times and alleged sexual harassment, you're touching them inappropriately, and yet
2: he's the victim here. Well, let me, say, right. let me, say, let me say one other thing. Let's say, assume you have this campaign. Yes. And you're looking for for, for supporters. Who's going to step up and say, I'm going to support Andrew Cuomo and hope that none of these cases turns out or another five cases don't come out or do none of these cases turned out to be substantiated in a civil suit or something like that? I don't know. Do we really want the next mayor to have a cloud over them at any time? And by the way, Scott Stringer, he's suing his accuser. So that lawsuit is going to be going on if we want to kind of have a clean break. Now, the only problem is with your case, you've like you've been you spent more time in lockup in New York City exactly. holding cells. Exactly. I know pro- more
1: more about Rikers Island than anyone else because I've had personal experiences. There.
2: But it's expected.
1: I'm the adversary. I ran against Eric Adams the last time as a Republican. And the independent candidate, okay? So that's expected. But remember, he's in a free fall now. There's no other way. You look at the polls, they're all reversed to where they were a year ago. He's in a free fall. And it won't get better because he has proposed draconian cuts. Nobody does better when you start cutting a budget 5% every three months. And they are are, are perceived of as vital functions. Schools, <laughs> uh, school safety officers, police, firefighter, you know go right on down the line. This is back to the 70s when A. Bean uh, was forced to make draconian cuts because the federal government would not bail out New York City. You don't go up in the polls. You don't even stabilize. You're going to continue to drop in the polls. But what I don't understand is if the guy is wounded, let him bleed out. Why do you do this all in advance? of somebody who shares more opinions with you guys than you do with the Democratic Socialists because now you're, just, you're getting the Democratic Socialists yeah, but, but who, to who, lick
2: their chops. Yeah, but who's the they? The FBI is going to do what the FBI is going to do. Southern District is going to do what the – Southern. and as we get – we're going to eventually learn this thing. One way or the other, we're going to find out he's going to come to some closure and they're going to give him a letter like they gave to Bill de Blasio saying, we're not going to charge you with anything so he can walk away. Or they are. They're going to charge you with something. The FBI and the Southern District doesn't care about the political cycle except to say they're not going to drag this out so it becomes so close to 2025 that they start influencing the election. So in a way, this might happen soon. And so the, the, because it may happen soon, that's why so many people have to start to throw a few elbows and to do a little polling and to see because there's a very quick sprint in what's now, you have the benefit. You're on the air all the time. You just came off the campaign trail. To some degree, Scott Stringer's support is still relatively fresh. He just came out. He didn't do very well at the end. But I think there are a lot of people that have buyer's regret with him. I mean buyer's remorse with Eric Adams. And then you have Andrew Cuomo who, who you cannot find a microphone that he doesn't want to stand in front of to, to posture that he, he's in his charges. So that's why these people are. I don't – I think it's it's inevitable. Now, you say the polls are going to go down because there's tough governing to do. You can argue it two ways. You can argue that he might have some kind of a bounce. Back once it becomes. Well, let's clear. look.
1: Let's look at the key, the key issues. The key issues. Uh, even though I ran as a Republican, it is clear to me that if you go into most neighborhoods in New York City, the number one issue, bar none, is affordable housing. Right across the board, there is no affordable housing. People are being priced out. They're leaving. Rents are going up. I mean, it's just almost impossible to find affordable space for anybody. I don't care what your politics is. Obviously, it's a more concern to liberals and progressives because they tend to live in these areas where you have seen dramatic increases in rentals and leases. So what I would say, affordable housing, number one, Eric Adams has not addressed that in any way, shape or form, at least in a clear, defined way. This is what I'm trying to do. He's not identified with that. He sold everybody on law and order. I'm the law and order guy who was the cop for 22 years. The results of that people don't see every day. You know, it's not like but I feel. They're,
2: they're going to start. They're I feel better. Start.
1: I feel sad. But you can if you're cutting the police department. You, you know, the attrition is going to hurt you. And so then you say, okay, a homeless, emotionally disturbed people seeing them out there. All right. Migrants, there are more migrants coming in. So where do you see the light of day? See, this is the problem. And now. His body language is so the swagger is gone. If you notice the defiant look, you know, ready to take on all comers. He's almost like ready for another shooter drop in his posture. He won't only take questions once a week off topic. You can't do that as a mayor. Things are happening every day in this town. Yeah,
2: all right. So let me do a couple of things. One on on the housing front, it's a very difficult problem for any. Candidate, you know, we used to. I remember when I ran for mayor, they're like, how many units are you going to be on? Two hundred thousand. I said, I would say, how many did Freddie say he's going to build? All right, I'll put two twenty-five thousand. Exactly. Exactly. It's very difficult. We have a structural imbalance in supply and demand with the number of people who want to live here, the types of units that we have. They're doing some things on trying to figure out ways to convert commercial and the like. But I think every, I think New Yorkers who vote kind of understand there's only so much a mayor can do about that. About crime. Statistically, we are starting to see a reduction in crime. It's starting to get a little bit better. The economy in general is starting to get a little bit better nationally. I think that that hopefully we'll see an ebbing to this – to to the crisis around migrants and I happen to believe the migrant crisis so to speak, it doesn't impact people every day. As far as cuts that are going to happen, I think a lot of them he's going to find for political reasons. They're going to start kicking down the road. Every time you see a mayor stand up and say, I need to cut 25 percent, it means he's willing to – at the end of the day, he really needs to cut 5 percent. All of those things being said, being an executive right now in New York City, you are going to be doing – having tough things to do one way or the other. And the last thing that you said about his body language is the thing he has some control over. Maybe he does start to kind of change his posture a little bit on this stuff, not to be a different person but to say, I'm going to start approaching these things a little bit differently. One way or another, I would never turn my... My city. If I was a voter, over to the Republicans and have the same priorities that they seem to have nationally. The National Republican Party. If I'm running against 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 Curtis Liu, well, I hang the National Republican Party around your neck. I don't care if you have been anti-Trump. No one's going to make that distinction. I'm going to say he is. He wants to turn this city red, just like his. And, beret. and, and you know, and and you know what? That is, would work.
1: Yeah, yeah. You keep doing that. Let's see. You went from De Blasio. It went bad. Now it's gone to worse. Hoke. It's gone to worse. How are you doing with all these Democrats?
2: Hey, you can make that How argument. Yeah, but you can make that argument all you want. The problem is that these these are partisan times, and this is a partisan Democratic city. And you are very easily part and a part, Now, if I were if I were doing your campaign, I would make the argument that I make to people off my, microphone all the time. That listen, he is not Curtis Liu. Is not your 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 regular Republican. You know, don't judge him by the other host at ABC. Don't judge him by the color, by the color red. That you do have nuanced positions, and I can tell you, I I would totally consider voting for you. I mean, I probably wouldn't do it at the end of the day, but I would consider it. I think the first thing you would have to do is wash the stench of the National Republican Party off you, so you can say, "Listen, I'm here to tell you, I'm I'm here, I'm a good, competent manager of this city." Um, and here's the thing: so when you say things like, "I'm going to throw my body in front of buses," I don't think that's going to get you elected to anything, just the same way I don't think that Andrew Cuomo saying that I'm going to ignore 15 um, sexual uh, harassment suits is if they don't matter. I think that, I think that people are going to make an, a nuanced decision, and I can see them saying, you know what, Eric Adams, love him or hate him, he's dealing with a tough hand, and he's dealing with it in a relatively competent matter.
1: That's not what is reflected in these most recent polls. That's true. Polls.
2: The polls are, killer, are terrible. And not
1: only that, the worst part <laughs> of the poll, Anthony, is... Whereas everybody here except for me gives him the benefit of the doubt on the federal investigation. Oh, he stood up to Biden, yeah, the Biden DOG and U.S. Attorney General and U.S. Attorney of the Southern District are making him pay just like I don't get it. the Crook Menendez. No, that's our listeners. I don't that's get it, our host. That's not what I hear in the streets right. from his constituents, the people who elected him. Seven out of ten people
2: in the polls say he did something wrong. Hey, people, whatever... Insider talk. We do the FBI is on the take. The FBI. No, the FBI does it. They're law enforcement. They do things generally by the book. Well, this Sometimes- is the
1: ironic thing. When I grew up in the anti-war movement, nobody trusted the FBI on the left. Democrats did not trust the FBI. J. Edgar Hoover, the worst. If anybody tries to romanticize J. Edgar Hoover, I throw him out the window.
2: Well, well let's, we have rank and file Democrats. Shouting at the police, I hate the police, and suddenly we love the FBI because yes. they're doing raids of Mar-a-Lago. Oh, no, no, they love, it's, they love the FBI. Both now. parties have a shared, common libertarian streak when it comes to people holding badges.
1: Now, and anybody gets arrested by the FBI, it's because they stood up to Biden. So if I happen to be a white collar criminal. My defense right right away is, you see, I said something in a party against Biden, and now they're holding this yeah. over my head. Yeah.
2: This is the defense. But this is, look, I can tell you, regular voters, not insane insiders or strong parties, regular voters, when they see the FBI showed up and seized documents around an election case, that's bad. And
1: took his phones. Yeah. Imagine, he's coming out of a meeting at NYU on a Monday night. They've already told his police detail. We're coming in. We're taking the mayor. We're bringing him in the SUV. We're taking all of his
2: personal communication items. When you say they told him, no, they they met him on the street and, no. and pulled him aside. They didn't no, call him in advance. Again,
1: yes, they told him in advance, Anthony. They, you got you to trust me on this. They told him in advance because there's a rat in police intel who kept them aware of where he was going. What he was doing, where he would be, and they just said, boys, gals, step aside. We got to do our work.
2: Right, but I'm saying his detail first found out about it on the street the same day. T- that- no, they
1: didn't. They did not, Anthony. They knew it before it was going to happen. And when he walked out, he was the most surprised guy in the world that his intel was standing right on the side doing nothing.
2: Other intel. Even though, but not for nothing.
1: Well, you see, I'm going to give an example. Imagine this happening with Rudy when he had his detail or Patakin when he had his state detail. Right away, they would say, where's your warrant? You ain't coming nowhere near the mayor. You ain't coming nowhere near the governor. No, 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 no. There would have been not a physical clash, but they would have said, go get a warrant and come here. Show us the warrant.
2: Right. But if someone says, I want to, we're going to come tomorrow to get your boss's phones.
1: Phil Banks. Phil Banks.
2: Yeah. But you can't think of
1: Phil Banks, deputy mayor for public yeah, safety. Yeah, but it's abs- who is-
2: I don't believe that a rank and file member of the intelligence division would tell the mayor because then you're obstructing justice. You're not supposed to. The answer is I don't know. The, I, I, Anthony, have I been right on this? <laughs> no, but it, it almost. But it almost doesn't matter. What you're saying is right. That when voters see that you're basically stopped on the street. Although, there are, you know, no pictures of it. Like but a drug dealer. Right. And then they take their phones from you. His phone. But I don't think people make the distinction what exactly happened. But being under investigation. Yes. You know, right now, every time Eric Adams is featured in the newspapers, Eric Adams, while under investigation, went to this thing and was asked. these. And the other thing is, he seems to think that I'm, he's going to be able to shut down questions about it or choose where questions are answered. Reporters are going to keep asking questions about it. Um and that's why I bet you what's going on right now is the mayor's people are going to the Southern District and saying, whatever you do, can you please speed it up? Do this quickly. This is a cloud hanging over yeah. our head.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's no doubt about it. Unfortunately for Eric Adams, just like I have rats in City Hall and I am nowhere near the juice of the Department of Justice or the U.S. Attorney of the Southern District or the FBI, nowhere near the friendships of juice. you. You saw all the information I learned. It's it's a sieve. City Hall is a sieve of information. It, there are so many disgruntled people. It's almost like they're raising their hands. I'll tell you. I, I'll be more than happy yeah. to tell you. And this is his problem. He hasn't spent enough time. When the cat's away, the mice will play.
2: Anthony's never in City Hall. He's never conducting. Yeah, meetings. I think that's right. But I I also think you you've always had this you've always had this culture clash. With a lot of members of the NYPD are not residents of the city. Correct. There are a, a lot of them are Republican leaning. A lot of them, whatever. A lot of them are are like Curtis Lee, what kind of supporters? But I think that any may. I, here's the thing: the mayor acts surprised that there's still a tabloid culture in New York City. That you know, big stories like this, even though it's not like it used to be with Newsday and the Daily News and the Post fighting it out every day and everyone watching the six o'clock news. It's not like that, but there still is. There's still a, a press corps who's going to want to know.
1: And- Because he was so defiant to the press, lectured them. Remember, how can you judge me? You're not the the color of my my skin. You know, when you start getting people out there who who walk the walk like I, when you publicly humiliated in that way, look, you give the press now an inch and they smell blood in the water and they're coming for you. Remember, yeah. they build you up and then they knock you down. He, you? Anthony, you have uh, been a subject of that. I've been a subject of that. It is the course of one's development in New York. They build you up and then they lust to knock right. you down.
2: And and uh, the other thing, and when you're a scrappy outsider or you're someone like you who's who's, who's way behind, not expected to win, you, the repress is your buddy. And then they... Start to realize. Wait a minute. The bigger this guy gets, the more of a scalp he exactly. is. If I'm able to. So, and I also think that if you look at the questions the press has been asking, you know, anyone else gets served a subpoena. Anyone else get what? Who anyone? Else, and then the mayor doesn't answer the question. He refers it to the lawyers at the corporation council. council. Doesn't look good. <laughs> it doesn't look good. There's no perfect way to do this. You know, we've seen, you know, uh, uh, I, I remember J- uh, J- uh, John Zaccaro. What was uh, Geraldine Ferraro's husband? John Zaccaro. When she was vice presidential nominee in a long shot in 1984, John Zaccaro was a, a, a accused of stuff, basically being a professional. He was mobbed up. Ba- and also being a professional landlord with an Italian yeah. last yeah, name, yeah. whatever it is. He says, All right, I'm going to sit down and answer every question that you might have. He sat there for two hours, answered a lot of questions, sweat a lot, wore everyone out. It didn't work. People were still talking about it. They looked at
1: the guy and they say, yeah, he's mobbed that's up.
2: It. And then people say to me, says, oh, Wiener, you you were you they never would have come for you. But you lied to them. Well, that's true. I lied. But it's not like people say it's, it's not the act. It's the cover up. It's both. You, you The act was pretty bad, too. So it's just a matter. That's what being mayor is like. But the difference here is unlike a performance thing that you can do while these prosecutors are looking at you. He's just waiting every morning. He's getting up and saying, did we get did we get the, the indictment yet? Well, do we know what it is.
1: With with uh, Brianna going out, Suggs, and getting her own attorney who used to work with the U.S. Attorney's Office, and she said publicly, My client is cooperating. If I'm Eric Adams, I'm like, Oh, you know what? Do I have problems? No to
0: judge me. I can see clearly when you're. The left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight Slugfest.
1: I never thought, I never thought in a million years I would actually praise one of my political enemies, Anthony Weiner. A man, when he was released from Otisville to camp, quietly came down to his co-op on the Lower East Side. I tracked him down, I rung his bell, I said, Shelly, what are you doing down here? You haven't finished your time up in Otisville. Shelly Silver said, Curtis... I'm not leaving the apartment. And the next day, the U.S. Marshals picked him up and took him back to Otisville. He hadn't escaped.
2: That was your. That was your lowest moment.
1: They let him out on the, early Curtis, release. Curtis, that was your lowest moment. Oh, it's one of my. I, I danced take the, in, the horror in the Tarantino. You take
2: in an eighty-something-year-old an guy who had. He didn't have long to. Didn't have long. He's on his last legs. He comes home to basically. I hate to say it. Basically to die. And you stalk him at his house. Oh,
1: I, 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 it brought me such knockers. I know it brought you serious, But
2: no, it, it's just the thing is maybe because I have as we If we're going to continue doing yes, Yiddish, yes, yes. I have Rakmonis for guys that are there. I, look, I did a relatively short amount of time—18 months and five days. But still, the guy, for whatever you think of him, he was on his last well, leg. I want to
1: say something nice about him now. You see, maybe, okay. maybe I right. can make up in your eyes. There was three men in a room. Shelley was always the most powerful because he was the one more likely to do the Julius Caesar thumbs down. Well, but explain what you mean by three men in a room. So, yeah, Pataki in a room. He's the governor. You had Joe Bruno in the room. He's the uh, majority leader of the Republicans in the Senate. And actually, Shelly Silver was there a long time, Speaker of the Assembly. He was always the most difficult one. There had to be a unanimous agreement of the three. It didn't matter whether it was Pataki, Andrew Cuomo, whether it was Bruno or uh, Nick the Greek Skelos. didn't matter. You had to convince Shelly Silver because he could tie everything up.
2: And unlike today... It was almost perpetual state Senate rule by the Republicans because they were able to draw the lines. That even as we got more Democratic, yeah, based still no. control the, oh, the yeah. assembly. Let, and, me, uh,
1: let me agree with you. The Republicans basically were pigs for about 20 years. They were controlling the drawing of the lines. Now it's reversed. So everybody's screaming. That's why you need an independent uh, committee like they have in California to draw the lines. But I'll never forget the day Shelley Civil walked out of that room with three and said no to congestion pricing. Bloomberg wanted congestion well, pricing. He said, Here let's Bloomberg.
2: Talk. Let's do the list. Billionaire. He did no to congestion pricing. He did no to the suburban. What was that thing called? That tax? The tax. What was it called? Yeah, no, no. The uh the commuter new, tax? Commuter tax. Commuter tax. Right. He said no to the jet stadium. Yay, he, yeah, yeah. Rudy went nuts. He, <laughs> he said no to the new jet no, stadium. No, no, on no. The that, west wasn't, side. that wasn't Rudy. Yes, it was. That, no, it was under Bloomberg. The Jet Stadium was part of the Olympic okay. plan. Remember? Uh, uh, so uh, it was under Bloomberg. But the point is that Shelley Silver, if you loved him or hated him, he could, with a stroke of a pen, and frankly so could Bruno. There was a lot of stuff. For example, rent regulation, we would scream and shout about we've got to improve rent stabilization. Joe Bruno would stop it all the time up in Albany. he say, no, no, you're not going to do that to the landlords. And so here we are again, congestion pricing. Where's our Shelley Silver? But also, think of it back then,
1: right? Three men in a room. Think of what happened at Cuomo when he became governor. He had to step aside, okay? He decided to resign. Nick Skelos went to jail. Shelly Silver went to jail. Bruno, they found guilty, and then they appealed it, but he was as guilty as the day was long. What the hell is it? Those three guys in a room, they're all corrupt, other
2: than Pataki. I know. Well, that's the problem. The problem is those guys, once they had the power base of, like, I'm the Speaker of the Assembly, I'm the Majority Leader of the Senate— They almost felt they can do anything. Yes. They were were like little governors unto themselves. And the allegation – I always always thought that the allegations against Shelley were way for thin, that he was doing politics when he did these various things. But all that being said, there's still really three – there is still three people in a room. You 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 still have now – they're less big personalities than they used to be, and they're all Democratic now. So it's less of a balance of power. There's not a power-sharing situation going on. It's basically the Democrats are in charge for good or bad, and some people would say for bad are going on right now. So it looks
1: like the MTA, money-taking agency, wants a $15 congestion price tax when you come in less at night. Less for Ubers, less for taxis. If you're an electric truck, uh, less. You know, they have all these exceptions. I
2: couldn't find that electric truck thing you mentioned on the radio this week. Are you sure it's in there? Yes, it is. Okay.
1: Double check. Uh, But probably most problematic to me is that probably you know, Anthony, and I know there are a lot of people who come south of 60th Street to get superior medical attention for whatever is ailing them or their family members or friends. First of all, you got to take a reverse mortgage to find parking. That's number one. Well,
2: very few people drive for that. Very few people do. They don't take the they, subway. No, they take accessory. They take buses. They take trains. But, you know, here's the puzzling thing. Of all of the people that you would think would be at the front of the line of the parade in favor of congestion pricing, it'd be a guy who made his bones in the subways. No, I would if never. If we're going to invest in the subways, where's the money going to come you, from? you got to make the subways safe.
1: They're not safe. <laughs> How do you do that? You need money. Well, what, what are you kidding? They're telling me now that crime is down in the subways. Wait, They're but, not
2: making arrests. You, wait, if you want to change the switches, if you want to improve the facilities, if you want to, b- want to put in better, better uh, turnstiles that people can't jump, if you want to make them cleaner, that takes money. Where do you want to get it from? Oh,
1: so I want to force women to go down into a subway where men are coming up to them morning, noon, and night to prove that they don't have erectile dysfunction. No,
2: no. no. Let's let's keep focus here. I'm saying that you need money to fix up the subways. You agree with that. I'm asking you where you want to get it. If you don't want to get it from the driver, How where do you want to get it? collecting the fare? Okay. How
1: about preventing people from riding for free 40% ab- of the I got buses, an idea. I have an 20% idea.
2: of the subways? Why don't we put in those turnstiles that they have in other places that you can't jump over? The, the, the ones that have the sliding glass. Why? Because we need money to do it. Congestion pricing. Really? And that's not going <laughs> to cripple the city? What's going to – what do you mean? First of all, let's remember something. Very few people drive – look, I, I, I've always – I'm playing devil's advocate here. I've always been opposed to um, congestion pricing because I don't like making the city into like haves and have-nots and everything else. But putting that aside, the argument remains that if we're going to invest in our mass transit, 75, 80 percent of the city uses mass transit. See, Relatively few people use cars. The
1: is, difference is that now you reside in Manhattan down near Union Square, whereas before you were the borough guy. hundred percent. You lost your borough roots. No. You have forsaken Brooklyn I'm and just, Queens. I'm
2: just looking at the numbers. The numbers are, the people who are driving into Midtown... They're basically from now, they're basically What are you going to do? trucks.
1: What are you going yeah, yeah, to do for uh, Mama Luke Frank Morano, who has said time and time again, I don't know if I'll be able to come in the WABC if I can afford it. What are you? Go- are you going to contribute to the welfare fund of Frank Morano so he could come here to so. WABC he from Staten doing,
2: Island? He should be going to the park and ride, to the ferry, to the one train to the set to the shuttle across have, have the grand you central. You've done that. The shuttle you to done, grand central. I've done that. It takes you like 9 <laughs> hours. It's be, his commute is going to be longer <laughs> than his shift. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> you want to rethink that a little bit. Uh, I thought Frank Morano was your friend. What,
2: well, let me ask you what's the math of people who drive a, into the city and people commute into the city. It's probably a one thousand well, to
1: one. At the rate things are going, with more bike lanes, uh, blocking off more access to vehicles for uh, four wheel vehicles, it's getting to the point where almost nobody will be able to come. But into no the city. one's
2: driving now. Who's driving now? People from New Jersey, Lyft and Uber drivers, and trucks. That's nine and, and taxis. That's ninety percent of who's on the roads right now, and it's jammed pack. That's because they've cut. cut off
1: access. It used to be five lanes.
2: It's now two in I'm some gonna instances. tell you, you know what my view is? You know how you cut down on congestion? Yes. By, keeping conge- by having congestion. People make decisions you know, on how they get around.
1: You know, you, and you say that I, I have besmirched Shelly Silver. At least I'm honoring Shelly Silver as the man when it was three men in the room came out and went thumbs down to congestion price. Can I give him an applause? Thank you, Shelly. I'm looking down. I'm looking down where it's very hot. I don't think he has an No oh, especi- stop it. So, that's not, me, nice. me, oh, that is boy, not That is not crook. nice. But you did a good job. That, that day is day not day. nice. You he,
2: he, served, he served many years. He served it honorably. Yeah, he served
1: it, himself. But anyway, up next, I loved the Fox News debate with Newsom and DeSantis. It reminded me of the way politics should be, that there should be debates all the time, just like there was, remember, over NAFTA. Remember that famous debate when Larry King was riding high at CNN? Al Gore, the vice president, came in and fought Ross Perot. It was not a presidential campaign. They debated the issue, and Gore knocked
2: out Perot. Yeah. Yeah. And NAFTA became the law for Mexico, well, Canada, important. and the United States. Right, and and Perot was kind of exposed to being a little bit of a wacko, you know, a, a little crazy. I, by the way, I talked about this on my show. I thought the debate was excellent also. I thought it was a little bit I want
1: a, more of it. Yeah. I, I love debates. I, lo- I I remember the debate. What would be the one you would have in New York City? Right now, because there's not an election going on, I would say Scott Stringer. You've debated many times. I'll get in the ring with you.
2: You and Scott Stringer, that's a good one. That's it, because, look—
1: it doesn't affect uh, eric adams at this point or anyone else but it gives people an idea that yeah you can have your differences you can have a debate no audience two guys in a room in this case a moderator moderator stay out of it let's have our conversation i think i
2: think one one critique i had of the debate i would have seated them at a table like this to kind of make it less kind of formal just let them talk a little bit more the problem with you and scott stringer is you both want to be the mayor so i think you need someone to defend the mayor by the way, one of the things I think is wrong, and I complain to the mayor's people about this all the time, they do very little to help people that want to help him. I am probably one of the few people on the radio that kind of makes an effort. I don't always agree with them, and I make an effort. So we'll and have you as the moderator. You know, I'm, you know Scott Stringer
1: and you know me. So yeah. You, By you, the way,
2: Scott needs it. He's been kind of away from it a little while. Yeah, it would be look. He's a good debater. Right. I've seen him debate 100%, 100%. before. He's more than happy to look, get in. When, when When him and Spitzer started, Spitzer was way ahead. Yep. And as the race went along, Scott Stringer pulled ahead and wound up beating him comfortably. You know me. I love
1: to debate. Yep. I, I Look, win, lose, or draw. I think that people need to hear debates. If I'm a loser, I'm a loser. But at least people hear from both sides. And then they come to their own conclusions. Instead of what we have now in this national presidential run, if Trump survives, if Biden survives— They will not have debated. They will not have debated.
0: left versus the right in the right corner it's heavyweight king curtis lewa in the left corner it's anthony wiener it's a 77 wabc debate heavyweight slugfest
1: oh yeah this is good i love that debate the santos in one corner Newsom in the other corner. Newsom didn't care that the deck was stacked against him when Hannity, the moderator, although he wasn't too over the top, he let these guys talk to one another. Sometimes uh, talking over one another, but sometimes uh, a stream of consciousness uh, emerged. This is what uh, people need to hear more of, debates. It's not about win, lose, or draw. It's like subject, subject, subject. Uh, You know, I think back. I don't even think Kennedy and Nixon, which I saw as a kid, I saw uh, Nixon versus Khrushchev. When Khrushchev visited America, it was called the Kitchen Cabinet in Iowa and California. Eisenhower hated being on TV. He hated press. He never had press conferences. He, he delegated that to Nixon. Nixon would debate Khrushchev. Khrushchev was funny. He was a good debater. They went back and forth.
2: You, you need to hear well, there sides. was Well, there was a classic debate. Actually what we're doing here all owes it in nineteen sixty eight, during the Republican and Democratic conventions, ABC, not seventy seven, WABC, they would they were the third network. NBC and CBS were the big ones. And so they took a chance at both the Republican and Democrat, they had Gore Vidal debating William Buckley, mm. two heavyweight academics with good senses of humor who hated each other. Yes. But they had these very highbrow debates during the and what the moderator would do was basically nothing. They'd throw to them and then they would go back and forth. But the one thing that you realize and I it's true still to this day, it was commonly said about the Nixon debate with Kennedy, DeSantis's appearance is part of his problem. He's twitchy, he makes weird facial motions. Um, Gavin Newsom was a little bit, in my view, a little bit too smooth by half. He clearly has copied uh, Bill Clinton's hand gestures. I mean, so these types of non, non, um, non-verbal things are also super important. But you know what? Having a debate where there's seven people on the stage all saying the same things about immigration, all saying sleepy Joe Biden, all saying shoot the immigrants on site, this was an example of two guys with different philosophies representing big states they clearly not crazy about each other but they weren't nasty to each other and i thought i thought you know we should have more like that you're you're right we should do more more like that here here in the city and maybe we let we say you know let's let let adams choose whoever he thinks should represent him in something like that no 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 what's the problem
1: programming is always looking for things you know, candidates are always hiding, not wanting to expose themselves. I remember a while back before Vito Fasella had his own uh, personal problems before he made a great comeback as world president. Right. When he was congressman, I forget the Democrat. They had like eight debates. Vito Fasella was far in the going to win the election. But each debate was about a separate issue. It wasn't, it wasn't
2: Albanese, was it? No, Al- wasn't, it Albanese wasn't Sal Albanese.
1: No, I forget the guy's name, but he had about eight debates. And each debate... It was focused... the guy that
2: became the judge, uh, the federal judge out there. But yeah, and, and they... It focused on a separate issue. Yeah. I mean, and Staten Island is always like that. I mean, we had a lot of mayoral debates that were very substantive out on Staten Island. And by the way, even some of the mayoral forums that we had, although sometimes they were just... You know, there were so many of them after a while, they became annoying... But um, even though sometimes they really did become interesting, okay, let's, let's figure out that. But the, the idea of doing it, a Democrat and a Republican, philo- like focusing on, all right, what's the different philosophies sure. on the way to govern the city? And there's the expression, there's no Republican or Democratic way to collect the garbage. But there definitely are some philosophy things that are at play Absolutely. That, when, you, when, you, when you decide to Absolutely. run for Absolutely. So look, there are so many people out
1: there. That should get into a debate format so that the voters, the constituents can see the different points of view. And you oh, it'll be low rated. You know, it's not like a presidential debate. Look, there's more than enough talk time. There's more than enough TV time uh, to embrace this concept. I think that people liked watching DeSantis face Newsom. We know that in the future this could be a potential uh, presidential run. It could be uh, in the future. Who knows? Newsom versus DeSantis. I didn't hear anybody coming away from that saying, oh, well, I was so disappointed. No, they actually heard two people of divergent points of view, very good at what they do, uh, arguing at times, discussing at times, Hannity slanting the deck slightly towards uh DeSantis, but not so overwhelmingly that you say, "Oh wow, this is really it's like two versus one." I think everybody came out of it saying we I, should have more of that.
2: I, I agree, and and I think you know we were talking about this before we went on the air. I understand why Newsom wanted to do it. Well, Newsom wants to be the number one surrogate. Whatever happens with Biden in four years, he's going to run. So very little reason for him not to. And also, DeSantis as a foil makes him popular in Democratic circles because yeah, we all we don't like DeSantis. DeSantis, I guess, made the calculation, look, being one of six is not working out very well in Iowa for no. me. My alternative is I'm at a state fair eating pork chop on a stick rating for Vivek Sami to stop talking. So maybe there's a way for me to get an hour and a half on Fox News. That's not bad. So I get why he did it. Hannity, to his credit, sometimes these moderators want to be part of the debate. No, and, they, no, he, and he was mostly He did a out pretty good job. Yeah, he did a pretty good job. No, no, I, agree. I, 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 th- I thought I, it was a I, success. I love
1: that. I think it should uh, exist more at a local level. You notice what's happening now at a local level. It's almost you have no debates anymore. Almost no. Look, Tish James would not debate. Henry would not debate her adversary, the Republican. Would not debate him at all. Say, oh, he's he's a MAGA guy. What are you talking, Michael Henry? What do you mean? You're not going to debate him. Even Schumer, your former boss, debated once. Should have been more. Uh, Hochul, right, once. Should have been more. But the fact is, is that here, your Tish James, you're afraid to debate Michael Henry. Yeah. And so it, it should be rules and regulations that say X I don't know. I don't debates. know if
2: it's a rule, but I got to tell you, I do think it's perfectly fair for voters. I was very frustrated at Kathy Hochul. You know, it's not as if she was elected to anything. She got there by the most backdoor, backdoor process. When you're chosen to be lieutenant governor, sure, you're on the ballot, but really you have, you're not really running on your own. You're running with the governor. And then to say I'm not going to take debates – for whatever reason, he's an election denier, whatever uh, 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 Zeldin was. My my thing is that if, if the one of the ways you show you're ready for a tough, pressure-packed job is to not run away from tough, pressure-packed situations. she
1: did not run away from Democratic debates. She had Swazi on her right. She had Jumani on her left. These guys have been around the block a few times. They've yeah. been in plenty of debates. In fact, Swazi is probably going to become the new congressman to replace uh 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 santos who's out of the box but the fact is she did fairly well in those debates why wouldn't you get in the ring with zeldon who did not do well in his debates uh, in the I, republican listen, i
2: i and and i had this conversation with 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 my staff in 2013 you know early on i was doing very well and they said maybe you should stop appearing at so many places i'm like look someone like me who's kind of banged up whose people got a lot of questions about how to resign if i show that i'm ducking now what are they that's not the, the i mean i frankly got in trouble for lying and fibbing and ducking i can't do it now no that was a so, brilliant strategy so i don't i don't get it i don't get why they don't do more and then there's the other thing I, I, you know i think that most politicians think they're good at debates they and you know i think they eric adams he's so full of him being the guy the the guy on a mission from god i'm a little bit surprised that he's not chafing at the bit to kind of get out there yeah. To, to make the case. He's disciplined.
1: <laughs> look, I debated him twice. He was disciplined. He didn't he didn't even address me. He wouldn't look. He knew. This guy is used to counterpunching all the time. They probably told him, don't counterpunch with this guy. He's quick. He just focused on the camera, ignored me as much as he possibly could. Right. And pretty much did that during his primary campaign when he had a lot of challenges. The people are entitled to these debates. There should be more of them, not less. We're moving in a direction now. If all... Happens to work out the way it looks like Trump versus Biden. Neither one of them are going to debate unless they get into the final dance, the president, and then they have to debate. There's no turning. I don't
2: know. Trump Trump has not been debating this whole time. I think that's been a mistake for him because I think that he would – he would get attacked by all these other people, and that would make him look good. One thing we've learned during this period: when he's getting attacked, his oh, yes. base loves it, and he's a good debater when he lets other well, people talk. I don't know. I think. The, the, he, I mean, I think the that, time he didn't
1: let Biden talk with. If you let Biden talk, let him talk long enough, he's no, going to put himself in a box. I,
2: I think that that first debate was a disaster for Trump because it, it seemed like he was completely unhinged. It yes. seemed like he was out of control a little bit. But I think, generally speaking, people respect when you get in there. And the other thing that happens is, what is your dream when you're in a debate? You want to be attacked. You want to exactly. communicate the idea that you're big and they're yeah, small. Exactly. And 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 so, if if you don't want to be attacked, that's that tells me you don't want to be mayor. Like because being mayor means every day having people. You, take want, shots to at you. you, you want to hide. You want to hide. I hope
1: you slip under the radar. When we come back, though. An update on Talk Radio. I have to compliment you, Anthony. I have to compliment your colleague, Dominic Carter. And I'm taking another uh, young one under my wing one hour a week. Try to get him ready for prime time. That's Andrew Giuliani coming this Sunday at 8 o'clock. We're going to explain more about that. I've got to take Frank Morano to the woodshed right here at WABC.
0: It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner.
1: Oh, I'm here to give report cards out. I feel like uh, the headmaster at the School of Talk Radio Let me first give it to uh, Dominic Carter when he first came on at the old WABC. He was a TV uh, reporter, afraid to have an opinion. Always thinking, I'm going to get back on TV. And I remember my Come to Jesus meeting with Dominic. I was screaming at him. I said, Dominic, you're never getting on TV again. Stop it. Be a talk show host. Just say what's on your mind. Don't say, I shouldn't say this. You're a talk show host. And man, ever since, Anthony... His numbers are skyrocketing. He's skyrocketing past Rita. He's skyrocketing past Frank Marano, sort of leveled out. I have to take him to the woodshed. Uh, he thinks yeah, he needs some remedial <laughs> training. To yourself, I've been listening to you because unlike a lot of people who get a paycheck here, they don't even listen to the radio station that they broadcast on. They're too busy watching uh, talk TV. You are coming to your own. You're engaging these callers. You're holding to your principles. The great thing is you're not the old Anthony who would, like, lose it. You're respectful, but you, you, you hold your ground. You stand your ground. You don't mind me using that term, stand your ground. <laughs> and you're doing great. You and Dominic are showing the most progress. I got to really take uh, Frank Morano to the woodshed. He's leveled out. And now they've asked me to take Andrew Giuliani under my wing one hour a week, eight to nine. I'm going to do that. And I've had a long conversation with him. Andrew, you are Andrew Giuliani. You are not Rudy. You are not Donald Trump. They are two unique persons to themselves. You must define who you are in talk radio. And so I'm going to work with him because he is different than his father. If you've talked with him, he is different than Trump in some different ways. In some ways, he's similar. But I think what people have to understand is you got you to gotta educate people to things they don't know, even if they don't like your politics. One thing that's great about you, Anthony, is when I listen to your program, uh, your two hours when you're solo, two to four on Saturdays, and with me on uh, uh, four to five, I learn things that I didn't know before. Now, I'll be the first to tell you. I go back and Google it. Nine <laughs> times out of ten, you're right. Just like when I break news on WABC, ah, I can't be, and people, he's right. More more due to my wife, uh, Nancy, double-checking, triple-checking, and entertaining. Without entertainment as an aspect, it's like you sound like every damn talk show host, which is a Xerox copy of the last talk show, just repeating the same old lines with the same old callers, with the same old guests. I told you, never have Dershowitz. Everybody has Dershowitz. <laughs> and thank God you listen to me. Because Dershowitz might as well be a talk show host at WABC. He's on morning, noon, and night. He knows what he's talking about, but he says the same thing over and over and over. You ain't going to hear that tonight. Midnight to 6 in the morning, I'm going to keep you up to the break of dawn. Good job, Anthony. Keep it up.